Well, last week, if you uh, heard my message, I preached about what it means to make room, from my perspective, for people with disabilities. And one of the things that I tried to get across was the idea that everyone within the church, including and maybe especially those with disabilities, have gifts that God gives them to serve, to uplift, to build and strengthen the body, the rest of us, everybody. And one of the people that has been an extremely strong gift to Grace Church that you may not be aware of is a man named the Reverend Milton Keyes. Now, now Milton has, up till now, he's been spending time with the lead team. He's been, he did a, a listening table event. He's had a few interactions with Grace, but today he is going to be a gift to the entire congregation. Milton was born with cerebral palsy and was given a two-year life expectancy. But Milton has completely shattered the odds. He has completely uh, just blown everybody away because of what he has accomplished. Uh, it, through and, and with his disability, he has received multiple degrees. He has a master's of divinity. He is getting his doctorate of, Divi of divinity this May, which is incredible. And he's a music producer, okay? He's a music producer who has produced 13 albums. You've produced 13 albums, uh, what was it, four plays, a ballet. I don't even know how you begin to produce a ballet, but Milton has done it. And Milton is an incredible, incredible gift. Some of his concepts and, and thought-provoking questions have transformed me and the other pastors of grace, and now I'm excited to have him transform you. I will say one thing. We are practicing what we preach when we talk about making room, because in these next few moments, you're going to have to make room a little bit in your heart, in your attention. Uh, you may perhaps even have some of a little bit of a harder time understanding all of the words that Milton says, so I'm encouraging us all. Let's make room in our attention and our, our, our hearts to, uh, to listen and be transformed and taught by an incredibly gifted man. So would you please welcome the Reverend Milton Keyes. Pastor 
Uh, I just want to thank not only you all, but I have colleagues here, my family's here, mom, dad, and siblings. My director is here, just walking in. My director and my sister, we're going to hear from Mark in a little while. But right now, let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 2. I am reading 1 through 9. It reads, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole in the roof, through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Jesus, seeing their faith, will come back there. Said to them, the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? That's the very, I like to preach from this subject, attitudes and access. Attitudes and access. Let's pray. Father, remove me from me. Holy Spirit, hear my plea. Take control. Make me hope that I may be pleasing, precious, in your sight. Amen. Here's the thing. Baby is preaching. He's preaching good. And then you hear something in the ceiling. And somebody parachutes down in front of Barry. <laughs> now, Marin is losing it because the sound treatment is shot. The audio team is having a fit because the mains are out. But how crazy would that be? What's just as peculiar is Jesus' response. Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. What? Imagine you're the friends. You just destroyed 
ability to get this man to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't even heal him. Huh? Why did he not heal him first? The man can't walk. We know from history that in this time, if you don't have the ability to walk, you can't work. You can't take care of yourself. And Jesus says your sin is forgiven? What? I like to argue that Jesus wasn't ignoring his immediate need. I like to argue that Jesus sees in multiple dimensions. And I don't mean spiritual. Ask yourself something. Why does it bother us that he wasn't healed first? What does it say about the way we think about this man? Okay, let me try this. I watch about six to eight hours of YouTube a day. Don't laugh at me, so do you. Quit playing. You on YouTube just as much as I am. But there's this interable couple called Squirming and Grubs. And Shane, the husband's in a wheelchair. And like every YouTuber, they have trolls. But Shane and Hannah's trolls are special. They say things like, Hannah can't be his wife, or I feel sorry for Hannah, or they must pay Hannah a lot of money to marry him because they don't see Shane. They see Shane's wheelchair. They don't see Shane the writer, Shane the comedian, Shane the podcast host, Shane who travels around the world speaking to people like this. All they see is a man in a wheelchair. We expect the healing because we only see the man in one dimension. But Jesus saw more than one dimension. Have you ever been identified by one dimension, your age, your race, your mistake, your religion, your non-religion, your past. Aren't you glad Jesus sees in multiple dimensions? Nobody in the text ever asks the man what he wants. Maybe all he wanted was forgiveness of sins. Huh? Let me put it this way. I can't get prayer at every church. Because I'll have a headache and they'll try to make me walk straight. I'll have a stomachache and they'll make me talk different. They'll try to heal me. They won't ask me what's wrong. Because all they can see is my disability. We need to 
learn to see in multiple dimensions. Because when we don't, we're not making room. Let me prove it. Let's look at your value statement, Grace. It says this, we make room. We will become a spiritual family that doesn't look the same, think the same, talk the same, or have the same age or abilities. We will invite one another into the full love and participation in the diverse and inclusive kingdom of God. And don't get me wrong, if you can lay hands on me and I can play the piano, come now. <laughs> Move quickly. Barry will be all right. Come now. <laughs> the problem is that's all we see. The issue is we value healing because we don't see past disability. But remember what Barry preached week one of the series? Yeah, I did my research. He was in Isaiah 60. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, The glory of Lebanon will be yours. The forest of Cyprus for empire to beautify my sanctuary, my temple will be glorious. God says, I'm sending Lebanon to you, and we're not going to make them like you because what they have is going to make you better. God says, our differences will make us better. Our differences make us better. God says, I'm making gumbo. <laughs> Have you ever had gumbo? If not, you've had chipotle. If not, you've had naff naff. You've had some kind of dish where there are all these ingredients, and each ingredient contributes to the masterpiece. And if the chicken tastes like the sausage, and the sausage tastes like the shrimp, it ain't gumbo. It ain't good. The differences make it what it is. But to understand that, you got to see in multiple dimensions. And when we understand that, we won't take the easy way out because you can't truly make room and take the easy way out. Look at the text, Mark chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Is it easier, Jesus says, to the, say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, 
right hand up with Matt and walk. I didn't put the miracle in the text on purpose because that's where we focus. We're punchline junkies. We love the punchline. We miss everything in the text because we want to hear see the healing. Why? Why was healing needed? Jesus says, you want me to do the easy thing. You want him to have a relationship to the way you do stuff. You want him to have a relationship to what's normal. He needs a relationship with God. You want him to be like you, but Jesus was trying to make him more like Jesus. But we have to take the easy way out. That's why wheelchairs are usually in the back of the church. That's why churches don't buy the hearing aid receivers that are required by law. That's why if you look at history, the people that fought against ADA law were church folk. They say it was too much of a financial burden to make their churches accessible. They wanted the easy way out. You can't make room and take the easy way out. I know I'm loud, just forgive me. But I feel like preaching. Hallelujah. And somebody asked me in a Bible study, how did the people feel when he dropped down in front of the line? I said, I don't care how they felt. I don't care. Because we know for Bartimaeus the blind man. We know for the people, the man, at the gate called Beautiful, we know from the man that was born blind that people with disabilities in the Bible were usually on the side of the road begging, right? So it is logical to think that they had to walk past the man to get in the house. In the text, tells me in verse 1 or 2 that they knew that Jesus was in the house. So they knew the answer was in the house. They saw the way if they kept walking. Because all they saw was a man in a mat. But there were four friends with a different attitude. They knew he needed Jesus because he had to be in the room. They saw him in a different dimension. They knew his differences would make them better. So they decided he had to be in the room. So one went to the front door. I can't get him in. So another went to the side door. 
no side door, Pastor. Somebody went to the back door and they had stairs. They weren't ADA compliant. We can't get him in. And they came back dejected. And then the fourth guy just had his head up. And they're like, what are you doing? We can't get him in. He's got to be in the room. The fourth guy says, that roof doesn't look real sturdy. <laughs> so how about you take that corner? Hallelujah. I'll take this corner. Billy, I heard you got some rope. Let's tie him secure. I'm going to go up and I'm going to tear the roof off this thing. And we're going to lower him down in front of Jesus because I got to get him in the room. We got to get folks in the room. Because where there is no room, we make room. And I know what you're thinking. I'm so glad I go to the great church. I ain't got to worry about this stuff. We got Laura, we got Liv, everybody's good. Mary is especially good of using everybody. I ain't got to worry. Making room is a lifestyle. There are other rooms. There are other rooms. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. And I know I'm right, because I met him at 9 o'clock. Somebody, there's a teacher in this house. And I know you're busy, because they messed up your curriculum. And they're trying to control your pacing. And you, you hallelujah, your prep time is spent trying to catch up. But you got a kid in your classroom that needs special attention. Make room. There's somebody under the sound of my voice who's an employer, and God's going to send you an applicant with a disability. And trust me, there are 100,000 ways you can get around ADA law. Because they all being used on me. So trust me, I get it. But God's not calling you to get around the law. God is calling you to make room. There's a parent under the sound of my weak voice. I feel God. And you got no diagnosis in your house. And you have no clue what to do. First of all, call Lord. No, I'm serious. Call Lord. And then if you need me, she'll call me. Call Lord. Second of all, figure out how to make room. Look in multiple dimensions. You'll realize that we're better because we're different. And because we're better, you won't take the easy way out. 
and you won't just do it here in this room, because there are other rooms. Make room. We are called to make room. God bless you. Let's pray, Father. We bless you. Because Jesus made room for us in your kingdom. So God, help us as we make room for others. Lead us and guide us into all truth, God. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we thank you. Amen.